0: Let's take a little time and talk now About the state that we are living in mm. Political spiritual, maybe some life. While you are listening to Phyllis Faber yeah. Please
1: favorite listeners, welcome back to the pastor's office, and it is Sunday, 2 p.m. I'm excited today. Uh, We had a wonderful worship experience uh, at Northeast Baptist Church. Uh, We preached about the flawless gospel, the flawless gospel, Matthew, the ninth chapter, uh, starting in the 35th verse to the end of the chapter. Uh, The gospel is flawless, but the problem is the church. Uh, We need laborers that will go out into the hedges and highways and tell the good news of Jesus Christ. Can I tell you that the gospel has power? Can I tell you that the gospel has power to transform and change lives? And watch this. You need look no further than yourself to see where the Lord has brought you from. And the miracle that he's performed in your life. Oh, I want to start preaching right now again, but we got guests today, so I can't preach to you right now. But I will say this. I got to share this. Today is a great day for another reason. One of my friends is being ordained this afternoon at 5 p.m. Minister Cheyenne Alexander, the co-pastor of the Brand New Life Church in Philadelphia, is set to be ordained by her husband, Pastor Joseph Alexander, at 5 p.m. today. So we are looking forward to going over and worshiping with them, and fellowshipping with them, and, and and giving God praise for what He is doing in His kingdom. And then, Chris, guess what? Guess what, Chris? You back? You over there, Chris? Guess what? Guess what? Next Sunday is the church anniversary. For the Church of Christian Compassion, where Lonnie Herndon is the senior pastor. Guess who's preaching? No, seriously, guess who's preaching? No, no I'm, I'm talking to y'all. Stop looking in the car. Stop looking all over. The... Guess who's preaching? Pastor Herndon is giving me the opportunity to stand in front of the Compassion Church. And I got to let you know there's a word from the Lord coming. I'm excited. I'm excited. So all I can do is pray that God give us strength, God give us energy. God is doing so many wonderful things in the life of our ministry, in the life of this community, in the life of this city. But we've just got to remain faithful. If we remain faithful, God will do his part. Listen, we've got a great show for you today. First, I want to talk to a young lady who has been a supporter of this radio station for the last two years. Uh, I enjoy her energy and her spirit, and her life has been dedicated to blessing our young people. Let me tell you something. I always say this. Until every child has a seat at the table of success, none of us have a seat at the table of success. And our guest this afternoon, who's here in studio with us, is helping to create a seat at the table of success for our young people. She is the owner and operator of Porter's Daycare. And she's here to talk about an event that She is putting on for the second year in a row. But before we get there, you got to know the history of the Porter Singers. You've got to know the history of her family. Let's do Let me stop talking. Lori King, welcome into the pastor's office. How are you there? Thank you. I am blessed. I'm grateful. I'm honored to be here. Thank you for having me. And thank you for the support that you've given this station. I want you to know uh, that we are the little engine that could, uh, and we are thankful to God for those business owners out there who have trusted us uh, with their advertising dollar. Uh, We don't take that lightly, Lori. So again, I say on behalf of this station Thank you for being a blessing to us. But today, we're here to talk about you. Now, first and foremost, uh, tell our listeners about Porter's Daycare.
2: Well, to talk about Porter's Daycare, I have to start with my family. And we were the Porter family singers. And we sang gospel music all over the United States. And from that ministry, the late, great, my beautiful aunt, Deborah Gresham, God gave her the vision to start a quality childcare in the community. She felt as though there were daycare centers back there in the 80s, but I guess it wasn't quality to her standards and to be there for, you know, working mothers. So that's how Porter's Daycare became established as a part of the Porter Family Singers.
1: Now, I've had the opportunity to tour your facility. Uh, and, and the one thing that, that I can say that really impressed me Uh, is everybody has a smile on their face. Now, let me, let me say it's still work for those that work and there are stressors and stresses that come with work, right? Yes, sir. But but it's really seems like the people that you have working with you, I never say, even as a business owner, I never say working for me. Mm -hmm. I always say working with me because it takes a team for success, but it seems like your team really enjoys what they're doing.
2: They do. They are such a blessing. Couldn't do this work without them. Um, a good 10 to 15 of our staff, we have about 50, have been with us for 15 plus years. Okay. So there's a core group. And when you have that strong foundation, they welcome in the new people that's coming in. So I guess that what brings a smile on everybody's face, the joy in their heart. And how can you not smile when you're working with children? That's right. That's you right. have to have a smile on your face. The children themselves bring
1: joy to us. So... And, and I love the fact that I've met a couple of your parents, uh, and and it, they kind of walk through there like that's their home. It is. And I'm it's assuming that's the environment you're trying to create there. I mean, they look very comfortable. It doesn't look like they just, just push the button, give me my child. They're comfortable there. They have to be. You, you
2: want that atmosphere to be comfortable because first and foremost, we're open from 7 a.m. to 6 p.m. So we have a, a nice bunch of children that are there almost 11 hours a day. So you have to make that environment comfortable, not just for the parents, but for the children. And it has to be comfortable for the parents to know that if I'm going to work for eight, nine hours a day, I need to know my child is okay while I am at work. So we do want it to be a loving environment, a warm environment, a compassionate environment, as well as being able to take criticism when you need to hear the criticism and make improvements as it should be. And I think that's one of the things I think our parents love about us, that they can come with feedback whether it's positive or whether it's negative and we're not going to turn our nose up we're not going to say no we're not like that we're going to listen to what you have to say and make the adjustments so that you continue to feel comfortable leaving your children with us
1: now tell our listeners because we've got listeners all over the city tell our listeners where your daycare is located uh, I'm assuming you still taking children in when when uh, <laughs> <and laughs> we're gonna all take them rain some uh, what's that rain, sleet, snow, or that's shine? Right, we're gonna take them. Right. What you say? You come get them if you have to, right? Th- yes. Tell them where. Tell them where you're located.
2: <laughs> we are located in the Logan section of the city at 1434 Bellfield Avenue, um, diagonal from Sid, Sid Shrimps.
1: Yes, yes.
2: And then um, right across the street, there's a Rite 8. So we're right across the street from Rite 8.
1: Give them your give them phone number, website. Come on, let's
2: do all that. Let's do it all. All right, let's concert. go. 215 2300 is our phone number. Our website is porterschildcare.org
1: okay All right. so we're going to say that again before we leave out of here today Uh, but again and I always share this with you listeners we want to support those businesses not only that support us but that have proprietors proprietors that look like us and come from a shared background we've got to learn how to lift each other up I always talk about that old crabs in the barrel story Uh, and and we've got to learn how to support one another so we're going to do a lot to help support poor Porter's Daycare, but now you're here for a purpose. And we're talking to Lori King, the proprietor of Porter's Daycare. You're here for a purpose. You've got a concert coming up. Uh on april the 2nd my now, god my now, god now i'm not i'm not i'm not offended i'm not offended that you're doing the concert right around the corner from my church I'm, I'm not offended that you didn't ask me if you could do it here you know we could broadcast it live on the radio i i, I still love you we're all in this together wait a second now listen 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 chris is my board up right uh-huh. now, now now, chris has been with me now for how many years chris a year and a half, almost two years, Chris has been here with us, right? And Chris has, look, you sit up here talking to him, laughing with him when I walk in. He's the dem- most amazing personality, right? Yes. So, 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 so at a point I went to Chris, I'm like, yo, dude, let's talk about you coming to Northeast and working with us in our audio visual <laughs> ministry. Little did I know. Little did you know. Can I say little did I know again? You know in the Bible when they say things more than once, there's emphasis on that? Little did I know Pastor Herndon already put his hands on him, and he's been with Herndon for two years. I don't get offended by stuff like that. But seriously, 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 you've got a concert coming up at the Baptist Worship Center right around the corner, right here in Frankfurt. Tell us the history of the concert, but then tell us how the proceeds are going to be a blessing. Well, I got to go back because you said you're going to say it
2: twice about how long Chris has been here. But I believe you're a Baptist preacher. I got to say it three times. Three times, (laughs) you messed up. You only said it twice. So I need one more, one more. As my mother said, one for the
1: Father, one for the Son, one One for the Holy Holy Spirit. Spirit. Come on, I need one more, one more. Because you only said it twice. I'm good, I'm good. good. It's all good, it's all good. It's all good. But no, no, seriously, seriously, seriously. I'm excited about your concert. Tell us, tell us, First and foremost, who the proceeds are going to benefit.
2: Okay, so the proceeds benefit. Let's go back to 2001 when my grandmother passed away. The family decided that we've been doing Palm Sunday before I was born. Okay. And the origin of Palm Sunday is that my mother, Darlene Davis, my uncle, late uncle, Salton Porter, and my late grandmother, Evelyn Porter, they all played for churches. So the idea of Palm Sunday was for the three of them to bring their choirs together and have one choir festival
1: i thought the origin of palm sunday was when jesus went into jerusalem on the. no our porter family palm sunday not the bible i'm not (laughs) talking
2: about waving the palms you are not gonna compare me to the lord not the lord the lord you're not gonna do that today we're talking about the porter so that's how palm sunday for us came about right so we've been doing it before i was born okay so when my grandmother passed away in 2001, the family decided that start a scholarship fund. Okay. First of all, Purported's Daycare is a nonprofit organization, so we said let's start a scholarship fund where we will bless high school seniors going to either college or university, majoring in anything that the family was about education, communication, um, performing arts. Mm-hmm. So, in 2001, we started that scholarship fund. So, I think to date, we may have given away close to $75,000 in scholarships because we do it every year. Okay. So, all of the proceeds from this concert... Benefit our scholarship fund. And during the concert, you will see the recipients receive their scholarship during the concert. So you get to see exactly where your money is going. You get to be a blessing to someone going to college, which is important because today there's so much negativity on our young people that I feel as though we don't praise the positive that they are doing in their life. As well as you don't get a blessing from in song. That's right. That's so right. that's what the proceeds benefit. So April the 2nd. April the 2nd.
1: p.m. 3.30 p.m. Baptist Worship Center, where the right bishop, Millicent Hunter, is the pastor. That is my home church. I got to plug it for 22 years. I got Now, I got to tell you all this. I got to tell you all this, Philly's favor. I got a chance to look at some video of Lori directing the praise and worship team over at the back. She is fire, y'all. You hear me? She is fire. Fire. So 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 anyway, anyway, okay, all right, all right. So you you got the concert April second, three thirty PM Who's on the agenda?
2: Okay, ma'am, I'm trying to tell you who is coming to Philadelphia. It's gonna reach the heavens. Okay. I'm looking for angels, new angels to just dance all around heaven. We are having as our special guests. First the theme is old school meets new school praise party. Okay. So everything is around this theme. So our old school artists. Is Grammy nominated, stellar award winner, Dove Award winner, the choir master himself, Ricky Dillard and New G up wow. close and personal at the Baptist Worship Center. Wow. Our new school artists, Grammy nominated. Double award winner, Stellar award winner, the beautiful Miss
1: J.Kaylin Carr, who's on in the evenings right here on Philly's Favor. Okay, now, all right, so 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 she's she's one of our personalities. Right, so J.Kaylin's coming to town. She kept actually she's backed by popular demand. Okay, because she was a part of our
2: concert last year. Okay. Last year we had Jacalyn Carr and Anthony Brown in group therapy. So okay. we're bringing Jacalyn Carr back. And then you know you can't have a gospel concert in Philadelphia without somebody mm-hmm. from Philadelphia representing. That's right. And therefore we're going to have Sunday Best Season 10 finalists Busterfields and all right, Friends.
1: All right, all right, all right. So the concert is a scholarship fundraiser, ladies and gentlemen. And we want to make sure that we are a blessing to these young people. Lori, I got to tell you something. Uh, having been in the nonprofit sector for many years, one of the beautiful things is being able to see your money uh, that, that you've invested in young people come to fruition in their degrees, in their careers, in them then coming back to their community and giving back to the community that helped propel them. Yes. And I got to imagine over 47 years and giving out the amount of money that you've given out, you got some testimonies out there of young people that you've blessed.
2: Yes, yes, yes. They, um, we've had some come back and work at the school, they brought their children back. I think. One of the biggest blessings was watching Marcus Howard, um, Minister Sharon Harvey's son. We blessed him with a scholarship. Now, we took that out of the reins. I said it was always about going to college, but this young man was going to med school, wow. and we blessed him to go to med school, and now he's
1: Dr. Marcus Howard. Wow, wow, wow. Well, we want to support this great effort. So here's what we want to do. Uh, we want you to share with our listeners right now how they can secure— their tickets not listen not whether or not you're going to come to the concert but how they can get tickets to the concert that they're coming to to bless these young people talk to us all
2: right so tickets are available on Mm eventbrite.com under porter's daycare also tickets are available at porter's daycare center and then Sunday mornings after service at the Baptist Worship Center, and also Tuesdays night after our Bible study. And let me tell you something I do deliveries. So you can call the school, let me know where you're staying. I will bring the ticket to you. I have Cash App. You can Cash App me. I will put your ticket in the mail, however, you needed to get there. What was the song by Olita Haddams? You can get it about railway. A train or bus. I get the ticket to you now.
1: That's it. That's, that's it. I, I do deliveries. So tickets, general admission tickets are $50.
2: Can we talk about $50? Go. Just alone. Go. You're going to see Ricky Diller and New G. Not come sing two songs. A full set. Mm-hmm. You're going to see Jekyll Carr. You're going to see Buster Fields. We also have the Baptist Worship Center Children Liturgical Dance. And they're going to minister. Also, the praise team is going to do praise and worship. And then we also have um, Portis Celebration Choir. Just a community choir coming together, and they're going to minister two songs. You're getting all of this
1: 50 dollars. for $50. $50, dollars, absolutely.
2: You, you don't get to see Ricky and Ja'Kalen
1: together right? and up close and personal. But now I see a VIP experience. Talk to us about well, that. the VIP is sold out. <laughs> it's sold out? It's sold out. How are you coming on my sold show? sold out. You <laughs> can't open up some more tickets? What if, what if Pastor Mason wanted a VIP experience? What's up with that?
2: Because the VIP experience comes with a buffet dinner. Oh, wow. Yeah, so the VIP, we're having a buffet dinner. I'm going to go ahead and just put the menu out there. So we're going to have baked chicken, honey mango no, salmon. Stop, stop, stop,
1: stop. Jack and honey and You can't tell this. The people who can't get it. (laughs) What are you doing? She's torturing (laughs) y'all, ladies and gentlemen. So the VIP experience
2: comes with dinner and it's a pre-concert reception. So we're going to feed you before the concert. Uh, Chris would know we got the little 360 booth so we're going to have a little fun with that. And then at 245, we walk our VIP guests over to the sanctuary first. They get exclusive entrance. They get seated first. Then the doors open to the general public at three o'clock.
1: But that... That went first. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. All right. That's gone. All right. But you know, uh, I got you. Never to be seen again. Gone. Never to be seen but again. Never to be seen
2: again. <laughs> never to be seen again. And um, we start on time. Okay. Last year, we start probably at 3.30. Right. We we And the, from what I was told, everyone enjoyed how the concert flow. We didn't have any gaps or, you know, time to play with your fingers or talk or anything. We kept the concert flowing. And that's the goal this year to just keep it flowing.
1: Who's your master, mistress of ceremony?
2: Oh, thank you. I forgot about that. That is staying with the theme, too. So our old school MC is, I call her the Queen of Philadelphia Radio, Miss Patty Jackson from WDAS. And our new school MC. I have to brag on her, my daughter, who is the host of Philly Live on NBC10, I A The Shell. She comes on Monday through Friday, 11.45 a.m. to 12 p.m.
1: Outstanding. And listen, we love Patty Jackson. She is an icon here in the city of Philadelphia, so we are anxious and thankful. You know what? I've had a chance to see her in a couple other settings The healing that God has done in her life, yes. In her life, yes. Is a testimony unto itself. And the fact that you, as a mother, give are able to give your daughter a platform, uh, that's just exciting. So do this. Let's do this. Give them the phone number where they can call for more information and say it a couple times. As a matter of fact, say it three times. Three times. times like a say it three All
2: times. Right. <laughs> now, see, you're going to make me have to go ahead to school and study and put a collar on my neck. I want to do that. Put see. you in seminary. <laughs> there you go. Okay, so it's 215 329 2300. Once again, that is 215 329 2300. And for the people in the back, that is 215 329 2300. Pastor Mason, also, you know, I said we've always done Palm Sunday. A mm-hmm. normal host was always Dwayne McDonald from the former. Uh, Gospel Highway 11. Absolutely. So he will be there, and he will make his guest appearance. Good. good. So good. he's going to do something. I'm sure we can't have Palm Sunday and not have Dwayne say something,
1: introduce somebody, do something. There's, there's Chris. There's one thing missing. You. No, no, no I'm not that guy. I'm <laughs> not that guy. You don't. Don't worry about that. But Philly's favor has a number of on-air personalities. I think Philly's favor ought to have a personality to be able to get up and do a little something, something too. All right, I'm not I'm putting on spot on that, the air, that, no, y'all. No. Y'all see that? Y'all like that, right? Me? Who you giving me? <laughs> Give me somebody. You know what? We're gonna call Terry or Apostle or Pastor Herndon. I'm gonna call them as soon as we get done today. Okay. We'll figure it out. All right. But the bottom line, ladies and gentlemen, Philly's favorite listeners, we want to support this concert. We want to support Lori King. We want to support her her concert to generate scholarships for our young people. In all seriousness, we had a good time talking. But at the end of the day... This is about our young people. So please, please call 215-329-2300. Go to Eventbrite. Get your tickets. Do what you got to do to be in the house that night. And we're looking forward to meeting you and greeting you at the 43rd anniversary Palm Sunday concert. Old school meets new school. Lori King, thank you for coming in the studio today. We praise God for you. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. And we'll be right back after these commercial messages. Philly's favorite listeners. Welcome back to the pastor's office. And I want to thank Lori King from Porter's daycare for being our first guest today. And again, I really want to encourage you to support her Palm Sunday concert. It is, is going to be outstanding. And if you need more information or you didn't get all of the information uh, when we were conducting the uh, conversation, the interview, uh, you can go to our social media platforms and we'll have it posted there. April 2nd, 3.30 p.m., uh, Ricky Dillard, Ja'Kalen Carr at the Baptist Worship Center in Frankfurt. Get your tickets. Let's support this wonderful scholarship fundraiser. Let's pivot. So you may not know this about me, but I am a avid 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 history buff. And in February there was a new book released called A Refugee's American Dream. And I read the treatment for the book and I found out that its author was a survivor, listen to this now, of the Cambodian killing fields. Any of you that have a bit of age on you, you remember the Khmer Rouge. Uh, You remember their viciousness. Uh, You remember how their influence and impact in Cambodia Changed the lives, literally, of millions. Well, I got interested and I, I asked our producer of the show to reach out to the author because I wanted to talk about his story and his journey. So that being said, I want to invite the author of A Refugee's American Dream. Mr. Leth Oon, into the pastor's office for the very first time. Mr. Oon, welcome into the pastor's office. How are you, sir? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me, Pastor. It's been a great honor. It is my pleasure to have you. Uh, uh, First of all, uh, uh, Mr. Oon, I I I want to—wow, you are a survivor of the killing fields, and and many of us have only— read about the killing fields in Cambodia, watched movies about the Khmer Rouge in Cambodia, but you actually experienced it firsthand. Tell us what it was like uh, growing up in Cambodia and then being exposed uh, to this terrorist outfit.
3: Okay. um, First, I just want to say, I dedicate the whole thing, always dedicated my parents My dad and my mom, who have raised me to be who I am today. So my dad was in the military so many years, fought for the country for a little bit of money. So every time my dad deployed, my mom had to take double the lease. So 1975, April 17, 1975, it's one of a Cambodian New Year celebration days. And it was the end of the celebrations. The Cambodian Khmer Rouge, we call it, um, invaded the whole country. The whole country becomes so chaotic. People are running around. People uh, close to store business, being forced to close doors because the communists are in. They don't want anyone who's merchants, entrepreneurs. So let me rewind forward on that. Um, my father was taken away three days after the communists took over, and he was disappeared since then. After my dad was taken away, and many others, and thousands of other soldiers, professors, scholars, business people, they were forced every innocent Cambodians out of their homeland by gunpoint. My family and I escaped it, my mom, I'm my older sister. Escaped bare feet walking through the scorching heat, the monsoon monsoon season, then fetch the infested mosquitoes. So we walked day and night with whatever we can get on our backpack, pretty much not much at all. My mom was you know, smart enough, she grabs whatever she can, a little food, a little rice and dried fish with her. So we came to one of the village about roughly about eight, nine miles away and found out that the family there related to my father. So we asked if we could stay there and she refused to know us, to recognize us. And she would tell us, like, we have to move on. And, you know, um, these places not welcome us there. So we have to keep on going with our destination or our goals. Three days, three nights went by, and uh, we decide to uh keep on moving. We, we don't know. We have no family. So we land in to one of the places called uh Georgetown, which is... 14, 15 miles away from our home. We, we stayed there until the end. So doing there, my mom was forced to work on rice paddies, and so was I. We have minimal food to, to eat. With the extreme overwork and lack of nutrients, we almost died. I was skinny to the bones. Many times my mom had to carry me you know, home because I couldn't walk anymore. And every time we have food to eat, it's pretty much uh, the liquidy rice in the middle of the rain, so when the rain comes down, the bowl is filled up with waters, And there's no break 15, 20 minutes, so as soon as we're done eating, we have to go back in the rice paddies. So we're working about 12, 13, 14 hours a day and many people sometimes fall and die in rice paddies because of their exhaustion, lack of nutrients, no vitamins whatsoever. And it's one other thing. Uh, I was become, we call it a Cambodian term, we call it a blind chicken, which means at night I couldn't see anything. So when the sun set, it's just blind. And because of lack of of, of vitamin, So my sister and I, we have those, this disease called blind chicken. So one after we worked in rice paddy, we walked home and we fell on the, off the rice paddy from the, the rice paddy dams and the commute five minutes, but it turned out to be longer because we couldn't see anything. And sometimes we fall on, on a little river next to it. Sometimes we fall on the ponds. It's just one other thing that's horrible and, we survived so many of those times during the three eight months and roughly but ten days. So later on when I grew up to a few years later, they forced uh, myself, not us, uh, my sister went separate way and I went separate way. They put us to work on rice paddy, Nothing but his rice work working all the time. So my mom's one one way, my sister went one way and I went the other way. So we work in there. Again, there's no food, um, clothes, whatever. Most of the time, it's, I sleep on the ground with leaves on it, a conservative mattress, look at the sky, consider think thing of it as, you know, light night, and listen to crickets singing It's music at night. That's how we survive. Until 1979, when the Vietnamese liberated country, and I was walking back to find my mom. We all My mom was kidnapped back then. During my journey to find a mom, and I was kidnapped by the communists. they accused me and my friend as a spy. So my friend was taken down to the first floor. I was taken up to the second floors. So they tied me to the chair, put the noose on my head, and beat me, interrogate for hours long. So during the interrogations, I passed out so times time as a 13-year-old child and getting to the bones. I don't have enough energy to take any more punishments. So when I passed out, they would pour some water on me, make them wake me up and ask a question of why I'm spying for the Vietnamese, and I... Have said many times to them, I am not a spy. I was just on my way to find my mother, and they don't believe that. So the next technique interrogation they had was to put a scorpion on my back and you know, stung me. So I did get stung by scorpions, but I didn't die. I passed out. The only saving grace I have that moment was one of the soldiers, the army, came up to the second floor told them that we had to go because another troop of Vietnamese on the way of here. So they kept me loose and let me go, and they told me, you are lucky today. So I would thank God because God's watching over me. In that moment, I know that God's on my side. My hands, my arms are swollen. I was walking to find my dad, my mom. My mom, not my dad. I know my dad I couldn't find because I don't know where he's at. So during a journey to find my mother's with the city where we grow up, I don't have anything. I don't have anybody on the road. So I was walking, drinking the water on a side street. They asked for me to fill my stomach. And later on at night, I went to a family who, on the way to his house, asked me, son, where you going? He said, I said, I am going to the Buttermong City, which is a small city where we grow up. To find my mother, he said, "Have you have anything to eat?" And I said, "No." So he gave me a spoon of rice and a few pieces of salt. That's how I survived. So after you eat, you sleep here with us. We go in the same direction. So I ate, and of course, all exhausted, tired. My body is so pains and sores and everywhere. And I fell asleep within seconds. In the morning, he woke me up, said, son, wish you the good luck. You know, we have to, to go. So I woke up, continued on my journey. So I was on my way to find my mom, and we went to a market where my mom used to go, and where I walked by, pass every time to school. The market was empty, and I know that I'm close to my house. Within a block away, I reach my house where nobody's there as the people, of my neighbors around there that they couldn't, they didn't see my mom. So I stay in the market there for the night because hopefully, you know, I could find my mom there, but could The rain's coming down. I have nothing to eat. So I use the rain water as the mean to survive. Slept on the street there, side there. You know, shivering, cold all night long. So the next morning, when the sun rises, I get up and continue back to find my sister rejoiced outside. On the way there, it takes some days. And again, I didn't have any food and no water with me. Pretty much, I drink everything I can find on the river, along the side of water or stream, for that matter. Call it. It's unsanitary; it's all clean, but. Basic survival, you can do what you have to do to survive. At night, I ran to another family who gave me a little food, rice and salt again to eat. So the next day I reached where we were at I ran to my sister, who just had a baby. And I told my sister, I said, uh, I tried to find my mom, I couldn't find it. So my sister had a baby, I stayed with her, I helped her out with the newborn baby. And a few days later, my mom came back from the kidnaps. And she was so happy to see us. And then the thing was getting bad and worse. My mom and I, we decided to do a journey to the border of Cambodia, Thailand, just to make a little money to help the family, my sisters, and my grandfather. Before we left, the little home we built and I took my sister to my grandmother who's separated ever since 79. Told my grandmother to take care of her so mom and I didn't go to the borders to make some money, not much money, but all the travels, everything, barefoot, through the jungle at night. So during those journeys, many times, many trips you make, we went through a lot of, you know, witnessed a lot of horrible things as people step on line mine, get exploded, chased by gunfires, caught by gunfire so many times, and sometimes we drink water out of elephant footprints, pick up on the leaves and the grass that is digestible and is not poisoned. And many time one time we went to a lake where the water seems to be nice and clear and it was somewhere of course in Asian Country mostly it's always hot, 110 degrees, 115 degrees. So few of us, a group, small group of us went to the lake. We started to drink water. I, I am, I was as a young child walked over there and saw a little. It seemed at that point it seems to be logs that floating in the lake, but they turned out to be three bodies, a mom a dad and their babies. Mm-hmm. And some people puke out, some people throw up and some people got sick from there. But I was lucky enough I didn't get anything. And we continue on to the to the borders, my mom and I, and we came back. You know, we all couldn't do the trip at night. We get a gunfire, sometime the monsoon again. Most of the time I slept standing up, tie myself to the trees just because the monsoon I wanna get drowned and it's getting bad so I brought my mom and I decided to bring my sister and my nephew back to the border to stay there because it's a lot of expenses and we don't have that kind of money or anything at all. Now we stayed there for one a week and we get caught with the gunfires at night or three days three nights. We couldn't get up we just pretty much lay on the ground the whole time and the next morning the group of, of refugee-related and Colonial Americans, many other countries, came over with pickup trucks and postal carriers, just picked us up, tossed us into the truck and car. like, you guys cannot stay here anymore. We have to put you in a safer place, which is first refugee-well, not the first, my party, the third refugee came inside the Thailand. There was a bar buyers, everything. So that was... My third, and ever since then, then, I know I couldn't get back to get my my younger sister, my grandmother, my grandfather, I think. Um, it, it's really tough. And that time, I don't know my destination is. And it moved from one to the next to the next. And we lived in eight different refugee camps. The last refugee camp was in the Philippines. Considered one of the best refugee because there's no barbed wires, we could get in, get out, not that far, but somewhat freedom. So I stayed there for six months because they're trying to find sponsor, church sponsor, and we finally landed into America in October '83. Knowing nothing about English, any cultures, didn't speak English, penniless, it was very, very, very difficult. 18-year-old, come here, didn't speak any English, didn't have any money. So I worked three, two, three, four jobs every summer. My first job was washing dishes in a Chinese restaurant, making $3.15 an hour. So after high school, I walked over there, walked back home at 2, 3 o'clock in the morning. So I saved enough money to buy a bicycle. And I ride a bicycle for a few months, get hit by a car. And then I get another job. So I've been watching D.C., working two jobs. I save enough money to buy a vehicle, the Volkswagen 1974, for $250. But prior to that, I was riding a bicycle to Washington D.C. every day all year round. And many times, I almost get hit and run over by trucks and cars just because the roads in there was bad. And I went uh, at the same time, graduated from, college, graduated from high school, Montgomery County. Montgomery. Blair High School, then started attending Montgomery College and went to Philadelphia, get my uh, degree, associate degree from Montgomery, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Philadelphia Community College, and went on to Winer University, get my bachelor's degree over there. And I worked with the social work, the juvenile, delinquents, social uh, probation, and then uh, got a job with the federal uh, DOJ, the federal correction in Philadelphia. That's what I said uh, to myself. I said, if I can work for the city, why can't I work for the state? If I can work for the state, why can't I work for federal? So I worked for federal, DOJ, and 9-11 happened. I volunteered to go Afghanistan to defend the country. But at at that time, I was 32 years old already. And they never called me. The Army, recruit good office never called me. My friend who used to work with me in social work, his name is Joe Gard, called me to see check on my welfare to see if anything happened during the nine elevens If a family's okay and I that everyone is fine and then I told him what happened. I told him I volunteer to go to Afghanistan to defend the country and so far I didn't have any call from the army office official goods. They said, why didn't you come with the Secret Service? I said, well, I don't know. I'm qualified because I am an immigration from Cambodia. I became a citizen in uh, 1990, but I don't know if the Secret Service would accept me because I always think that to become a Secret Service, you have to be born in the United States. They said, no, as long as you are a citizen, especially right now, after 9-11, we need more. People. So I did apply. Um, apply, I apply, and then I get accepted, taken test, twice written test, and then went the training six months. And 21 years later, here I am. But to become a Secret Service, I never dreamed of it. Never think, oh, I can be walking inside of White House. And if you purchase the books, there are two chapters in the book I say, one, I'm not going to die today. So all the journeys that I did during the communist, no food, lack of nutrients, blind at night, and find my mom, sleep on the street, drinking water, eating grass and muds and leaves, whatnot. That's one of the chapters, I'm not gonna die today. And the second chapter is that one of the chapter that people like, it's from no house to the White House. So almost seven years until I get 17, I still, you know, didn't have a house. Like so go to find my mom, sleep on the street, and now I can walk to the
1: White House like my own house. Wow. So what a what a what a I powerful said, and gripping story uh yeah. of a life lived and of an American dream realized. I, I typically don't have guests just talk straight through, uh, but your story is just so powerful, and we want to thank you so much for sharing it with us today. Let's do this. I want our listeners to purchase your book, Uh, so why don't you do us a favor uh, and just share with us where listeners can pick up your book.
3: You can purchase on Amazon or any stores. Barnes & Noble's, Books of Millions, it's everywhere now. It's officially ours in the February 10th. So I was suggesting that I do an advertiser commercial on Amazon, Amazon's, because Amazon, you know, you purchase it, they deliver to your house. Okay. Uh, contact Temple University; they are the, you know, sponsor, they press, and do the marketing. So they can do that. I'm sure they have books at Temple University as well.
1: Outstanding. I want you, ladies and gentlemen, Philly's favorite listeners, to go out and pick up this book, A Refugee's American Dream, so that you can hear Lethun's or read Lethun's full story. It is a journey. And it is amazing, and it's a demonstration of God's grace. Go to Amazon.com, order A Refugee's American Dream. Mr. lethun God bless you, sir. Thank you for sharing your story, and thank you for joining us in the pastor's office this Sunday.
3: Thank you, Pastor. And one more thing, I just want to make sure that the, the proceeds of the book will go to how the Cambodian children's um, my goal is to build school, something, or library, put more resources for those poor, needed children at home. So that's what I decided to write the book to educate people, inspire, hopefully motivate, and then help others that need it.
1: Outstanding. All proceeds going to a worthy cause, and that is to help Cambodian children. All right, sir. God bless you and all the best with your book.
3: Thank you. Thanks for having me, Pastor.
1: You're very Thank welcome. You.